working conditions on the Mississippi River near Guttenberg. I'm Ken Root along with Bob Urban, who's the owner of Murray Bait and Tackle under the big walleye on the south end of Guttenberg. It's cold, but the fishing appears to still be good. Yeah, Ken. Hi. Good morning. Uh, yeah, it's very, very cold uh, compared to what we're used to. We're going to be in the single digits into the teens for lows. Uh, so we were actually thinking ice fishing here for a few days. A lot of guys coming in buying some of that stuff. Um, not a lot of walleye or crappie or cold water fishermen out just because of the elements. Um, you'll hear from Larry in our podcast, Lures with Larry, we'll be talking about cold weather, weather walleye. The bite is still really good. It's not that the bite's not good. Saugers, they're getting a lot of bigger fish. A lot of the females are coming up and they're feeding. Um, the landing 615, the fishing float, they're doing really well on. Water temps <clears throat> were in the high 30s. I would say we're really close to the mid 30s right now. Uh, and I would say the weeds, all that stuff is gone. Fishing conditions are really good for uh, pulling crankbaits. We'll talk about that with lures with Larry um, on the current seams. Really good report on that stuff. It's just I'm not getting uh, guys coming into the store. This is kind of the transition between ice fishing and walleye fishing. We will see some guys when the sun comes out and, and we get up into the high 30s again for the highs. But right now, not that many guys. The guys are bundling up and they're going on the fishing float that we talked about. Their boats are winterized stuff like that but other than that we're just in that transition getting some ice fishing stuff ready well bob this is the last open water fishing it looks like uh coming up with some warmer weather it's a time when if you get out there it can get really cold on you didn't you and larry go on a trip a few years ago and you uh you still remember it and uh... yeah the water pump uh on the boat actually is my big motor went out uh, which is very common. You want to drain your motor and it's just cold out. We were up in Red Wing, Minnesota, which is very, very good fishing uh, this time of year. Uh, they support a lot bigger fish, it seems like. It was probably one of the, I'd say, top three coldest fishing trips I've been out on, and Larry would agree with you. Uh, we got a good spot. I actually have it waypointed where we fish with him, and and I call it his spot now whenever we're up there fishing. But Easily the coldest, uh, maybe one of the dumbest things if we weren't catching fish, but it seems like you warm up when you're doing really good on fish. He had a 22-inch sauger that day. I'll remember that. Just really good fishing sometimes when, when the elements are there, but you got to be dressed for it, and it was a great trip. Just a little cold. Larry uh, has pointed out, you know, take a couple of people when you go fishing to help each other in this cold weather. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's a safety factor. But also, you know, the cold weather makes it a lot harder to get uh, in and out of the boat and get the boat on the boat off the uh, trailer. And uh, and then there's the etiquette issue as well. And I guess now is the time for you to tell people how you should gracefully not ice up the uh, ramp for the next guy coming in. Uh, when you're pulling out at the ramp, the docks are out here at the city ramp. Jamie still has his dock in. It's easier to get in and out when you have a dock. We're talking about bringing a buddy with you because you're, you've got all that stuff on and everybody knows, but that's what we're talking about. You get a little clumsy when you got all that stuff on. So having a buddy with you to help do the boat, to help uh, unload the boat, but whoever's driving the truck when they're getting out of the ramp, is just let that water drain off the trailer so it's not icing up the concrete. Keep it in the water, let it drain off, count to 20, count to 30. 
and then come out of there um, at a decent speed so the water isn't trickling on the on the ramp. The common courtesy for other fishermen, there's not a lot of guys out, but that could save the next guy from sliding into the river. Uh, landing 615 is always good too. Uh, that has a dock that's a little bit easier to maneuver. I think you pay $5 to use their ramp uh, in the, with the dock. Now, with ice fishing coming, I'm amazed at the different equipment that people use. You can go out with your normal rod, reel, etc. But you've done a little feature that we're going to play a little later on with Bob's rods, not yours, but you have them, and they're special pole for ice fishing. Bob's grandson was in. We talked with him, uh, Jamie, and had him in for uh, sales and wrote up an order for him, and just a really cool concept, different rod for the backwaters here on the Mississippi River, and he'll talk about that. And we're getting a lot of stuff going, ice fishing related, a lot of stuff in the store. Uh, just wanted to let everybody know next Friday, we always have a Black Friday sale. We continue it into Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we're not going to be safely ice fishing this Thanksgiving, but we will still have the sale. Black Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, um, it's our Thanksgiving Day sale. You can follow us on Facebook. Keep in touch on that. We'll have a lot of his stuff and a lot of other products we're getting set up and then sales on tungsten ice jigs sales on our bulk ice jigs and, and you know a certain percentage off on on some of the equipment that we'll be offering for guys that are getting ready to gear up because we are in that transition and one other feature i have to really give you credit you've gotten into this show and you uh, know how to use this recorder i gave you you found a couple of guys who came in who the different they have a different goal of fishing than anybody I know of in Iowa. They're out to catch as many species as they can. Yes, uh, a couple different guys came into the store, and I know them really well from the sports shows. I see them every year. They load up on equipment with us at the Eastern Iowa Sports Show and, and some of the other ones we do. I've known them for, I'd say, about five years, but these guys are very good fishermen, very good shoreline fishermen. They put in the time, the effort. It was more of a challenge to them. I would say it'd be similar to like with deer hunting with guns, and then a bigger challenge would be going bow hunting. They've caught a lot of big fish. They've done the master anglers through the DNR, got some big fish recorded there and recorded and got their certificates, but now they wanted to do something else. Did never heard of it before. When they came into the store to go catch one of the species that they wanted, they had a hundred species and they're going to be talking about it on the show. Just something cool that is definitely challenging. I don't know if they, they were talking about how they could get 50 pretty easy, but I didn't know maybe 30 of the species they even talked about. And they're bank fishermen, which is, is interesting. They, uh, they take something else away from themselves, I'm sure, by being able to only fish from the bank. Well, to wrap up here, Bob, uh, we uh, are in transition. People who want to get out there might be able to catch some Big fish, but you want to be careful because you could get awfully cold. Yet there is excitement in the air and a little warmer temperatures coming next week. Yeah, I think it would be another good walleye week, um, good crappie week if we could get that sunshine out and warm people up a little bit. But And another nice week to get your ice stuff out, see what you got, see what you need. The stuff's coming into the stores, some new stuff, some old stuff that you just want to see what you have and, and that you have your proper safety equipment, your ice picks, your float suits. Stuff for safety is probably the number one concern when the elements are like this.
Hey guys, it's Bob with Murray's Bait and Tackle, Guttenberg, Iowa. Uh, just getting ready for ice fishing. Uh, had a sales rep come in from Bob's Ice Fishing Poles. It's Jamie, something that he's carried on the tradition from his grandpa. Uh, what are we doing, Jamie, and what are we, we'll put it in an order today, but what kind of rods, they're kind of unique for Mississippi backwater. Can you discuss what they are and what they're made out of and and uh, what they're good for here on the backwaters, say if we're fishing four to Four to six foot, seven maybe, eight if we're lucky with the river levels being so low. Yeah, so I make inline ice fishing poles. I can make them out of e-glass or graphite. Um, so they're good for, yeah, like you were saying, anything down to two feet, really. Um, I've caught a fish up to ten, but that's a lot of work. They're great for sensitivity. Anything pan fish, you don't want to get anything bigger than that bass range. Um, I, they come with two-pound line. Another reason you don't want to go too much bigger. On those rods, a lot of guys are fishing. They come with a reel on them, but I see it's not a normal reel. Uh, can you describe on what the line does and where it is on the rod relative to the actual rod and then what that reel is, or if we even use the reel? Yeah, so because the line comes down through the rod, it has to have a special reel um, where your line comes straight through it. I mean, because you're fishing those lower depths, you are usually able to just lift the whole fish out of the water. So you set your depth. I usually set mine to the max depth I'm going to be fishing. So if there's anywhere from four to six feet, I set it to six foot. That way, if I'm hole hopping, I can fish all of them and just jig the whole water table. Um, and then if, you, if you're six foot, you should be able to lift six foot of line out of the water. Yeah, I've seen guys fishing the four foot, five foot rods. And I think if you're a tall enough guy, you can almost get... You know, you can be fishing nine foot, no problem getting those crappies. Uh, a lot of crappie guys fish them. I've seen them out there. But what I also see them doing is leaning on something. It's something else that you make or grandpa make made. And you would think they were golfing out there, and it's kind of a weird, weird little thing. But it's perfect for those guys that are hole hopping. They tuck the tuck a. Uh, you'll see them just tucked in fishing, hole hopping, um, drilling a bunch of holes, and then just going uh, crappie fishing, perch fishing, whatever they want to do. But what is this other little addition that you guys sell, uh, you and your grandpa, uh, Bob, that started it? So my grandpa makes their, their an ice fishing scoop. So he makes them out of an old uh, golfing club, cuts off the club, and he welds on a scoop. Um, and that's kind of my grandpa's patented look, actually. He's made the paper a couple times. He's leaned against the scoop in one hand, fishing with the other. And if you go up around us out of Cassville, there's dozens of guys that stand there on all day long with that same look. Yeah, it's definitely a local tradition uh, here on the backwaters of the Mississippi. I'd say from Dubuque all the way up to Prairie, for sure, I've seen them. I'm happy to know that we have a company that is still going, um, that it's passed down. And I really appreciate you coming in, Jamie. And if you need any of their stuff, we'll have it here uh, come Thanksgiving for sure. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys, it's Bob Urban with Murray's Bait and Tackle here with my stepdad, Larry. Lures with Larry. We're talking on a very cold Friday. Not many fishermen. I had a few fishermen in the store today. Uh, no boats out today. Uh, a few guys on the float, I think, possibly. But very cold, very windy. Water temperatures are down. The fish would be biting on a day like today, but I don't. The elements is what's keeping people away. 
Larry, what are we going to be talking about today? What did you want to talk about lure-wise, like what we would do for cold water walleye? Yeah, and today, like you said, Bob, we got a very cold, windy day. I think winds are 16, 18 miles an hour out of the west, so that keeps the fishermen kind of off the river. Lures today, we're still going to talk a little bit about the blade bait. This week, we've had quite a few people earlier in the week um, off the float at the landing 615, and did really well with the blade baits, and that's just a vibration pump bait that uh, we carry in the store. And um, we wanted to talk a little bit more about cold water crank baiting too. So I know you can still get your boats in up at the landing, their dock is in. Um, I think water temperature is about 35 degrees. So I wanted to get back into the three-way again and uh, pulling double crankbait. So I know it's that time of the year you got to get the coveralls on and anything insulated to keep you warm. But if if you love walleye and sauger fishing, this is still a great time. So anyhow, the three-way we've talked about it um, in other shows. You know, you're going to tie a line on from your pole on one end. You're going to drop probably 12 to 18 inches off the bottom to a, probably a one-ounce or two-ounce sinker. Could you talk about what kind of sinker guys use here? I'm sitting here at the store looking at them. But... And, you know, I like the one- or two-ounce walking sinker. But, you know, a big egg sinker, real common is a pencil sinker, the long one- to two-ounce pencil sinker. And, you know, a little more on the three-way, it's just a round brass circle with uh, three swivels that are pressed into it. So it gives you all those different options. But anyway, pole line on one. And then, you know, 12 to 18 inches on a uh, on the bottom swivel, you know, down with a pencil sinker. And then you'll be running the trailer out the back end. So um, a few guys early in the week and late last week did pretty good pulling cranks. And like I say, you got to be able to take the cold weather and the wind. But um, on our trailer, then you're going to go back about three feet off that last swivel. And you want to put a stick in there. And that's like a rapella, anything straight without a big blade on it. I'm looking at them right now in the store. And that first crankbait that you use, some guys use one or some guys use two. We're going to talk about the two of them, correct? If you're fishing a floater, right? We're going to use floating crankbaits. Stick baits. Correct. So what number would you use? These numbers, they're called F7s, F9s, F11s. Actually, the 7 and the 9s are actually centimeters. So that's they use them in centimeters is what they are. called. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for the first crank, you're going to tie on it about three feet. Um, You know, the 7s are great right around that area. Two to three inch, actually, stick goes great right in there. And nothing with a big bill on it. That's kind of your floater in the middle of it. And then you'll tie on the back of that stick another two feet. Your your last crankbait out there, you can put a deep diver on it to bounce it up and down. Or you can add another stick, maybe uh, the 9 or the 11. Some guys will use jointed crankbaits, too, on that, that last one to really get it going. But that first crankbait, yeah. is that going to do anything, or how does that act? Actually... You know, the the middle one, if it's smaller, it's just kind of a straight thing. But last time I used them was a couple weeks ago. And three of our fish out of five came on that middle crank. They were attacking that middle crankbait. It doesn't move that much. Your back one's going to move. We call it kind of like the dead one, but sometimes that doesn't matter. Yeah, and the middle one has actually just a very small bill on it. 
so it's not going to deep dive down. It, it's what you do with the back end of it. And, you know, I run big bills back there, so they're banging the bottom, coming back up, uh, jointed crankbaits back there. And some days just two small crankbaits straight back there can be the answer also. But I just wanted to let everybody know if the walleye bite is still strong and the saugers. And like I say, if you can bundle up and take the weather, you can have some of the best big fish walleye in that you've had all year. And, and this time of the year, is it's real common for, you know, like in Guttenberg, Dubuque, Stam, you know, up and down the Missouri, a lot of 17, 18-inch saugers. You know, it's just a cold weather thing. And uh, and your crankbaits, too, you want to fluctuate colors. And, you know, colors every day can kind of change. Uh, blue and white is excellent in the cold weather. The purples have been really good. But then the saugers, they, sure, they like orange. They like chartreuse. So, I mean, you need to kind of be prepared when you get out there pre-tie. I know you're really good at doing that. You do spend some time in the garage doing that. Can you can you tell somebody? I know they make them uh, tackle rolls and stuff. But you could yeah. could you give somebody a hint on how you do it? I will tie up the three way and have it prepared just with the weight on the bottom of it, and then I t- you know take them and wrap them on the rolls and have them just completely prepared. Then I'll take my crankbaits. And I'll have those tied on and completely wrapped. You know, I'll do six, seven, eight of them. So when I'm out there, if I would lose something and just need that trailer, I take the trailer off the roll and tie it back to the three-way. Versus being out there with nothing and have to retie everything is hard to do. And freezing hands and you're grabbing this, grabbing that. It is. But you actually, yours are kind of cool. You just use a pool noodle, like a kid's noodle I've seen. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and a square of like one or two inch styrofoam, anything that you can wrap those things, pre-tie your bottoms, pre-tie your trailers, and have some extra three ways along with you. Anyhow, you know, next week we got a nice week coming up at 35, 36, above zero. Uh, some sunshine, the wind looks like it's down. So if you love walleye and sauger fishing, um, it's a great time of the year to be out. And like I say, uh, 615 landing is open to take you over to the float. They did well uh, over last weekend and the early part of this week. And that was over there with the one eyes yet and minnows and um, with the blade baits also. But I just wanted to touch base with everybody out there on crankbaiting this time of year. If you can bundle up, um, you should have a pretty decent fish. Oh, and I just wanted to remind everybody, too, you know, if you come out and you want to do it, bring another person with you in the cold weather just to get your boats in and out. And uh, I know all the city ramps are out, I believe. Is that I think so, Bob. Is that right? If yeah, the docks, you are using the ramps. This is one of those times where you do want to drain your boat trailer for no matter where you are. Be very yep. nice to the next guy. And uh, let that water drain out of your boat trailer before going up. Take, take 20 oh. seconds, 30 seconds, and let it drain out so it's not icing up the, the concrete. Right, right. Anybody gets a chance, you know, we're around the store to help you to tie up those three-way rigs and pencil sinkers and stop on in and give us a good fish story, and uh, we can help you out once you get there. I was just going to say, we're in that transition. Guys are coming in for ice stuff. They're talking ice fishing. There's not a ton of guys going out. Some of their boats are winterized. This is the time to get geared up for that as well. 
and uh, we still have the walleye stuff up if you want to go over to the float or, or do that when we hit the 40-degree days. The ice is forming. We're at about a sixteenth of an inch. we got too much wind. I don't think we'll be ice fishing before Thanksgiving, which some folks were, were hoping for. So We're hoping for. I had a few calls uh, yesterday when I worked the shop just for uh, people ready to bring their tents up this week. <laughs> I said, you know, no ice yet. So, But, I mean, the ice can come awful fast. So, but... If you get a chance, get out to the float, too. They've taken some nice limits of walleyes and foggers, and we're getting completely set up for ice fishing, so stop and see us. Hey, guys, it's Bob Urban with Murray's Bait and Tackle. I've got Josh Olsom and Zach Grobstitch here from Cedar Rapids. I've known these guys for quite a while. Came into the store today. They went and fished the barge. Had a pretty good day out there. It's pretty cold, pretty windy this week. But what I wanted to talk to them about is something that they've mentioned and that they've kind of put on their bucket list and for their 2022 thing to do. Can you guys talk about, Josh, can you talk about what your idea was or what you guys got together and are doing this year? So yeah, we uh, we decided to go out and challenge ourselves a little bit and see how many species we could catch. So we we came up with this challenge called the 100 Species Challenge, and basically it's just that catching 100 species in Iowa and no hybrids, no hybrids. all in Iowa only. It was a challenge at first, but of course um, we tried to plan out what we were gonna get. The first 50 were pretty easy. We got them all by May. The last 50 was a lot of planning. <laughs> and um, we used an app called Bionet, um, what DNR surveyed, and we got some intel on where to find all the remaining 100 species of fish in Iowa. Yeah, that's something awesome that I didn't even know that guys were doing yet. Um, you guys I've known that fished really heavily at the Cedar Rapids area. I've known you for quite a while and just know you guys to fish. I didn't know that you guys didn't fish out of a boat. So this is all done from the shore. We were talking on the podcast uh, either last week or the week before about this time of the year, guys are putting their boats away. They're doing this. They're doing that. The ones that do have boats. But um, sometimes in the, store, in, in the store here, we talk about all the shoreline fishing. And for us on the Mississippi River, it is difficult here to get into some of those areas. We've got really good shore high water spots where the fish get pushed in the spring, sometimes in the in the fall if it's higher water. But um, the shoreline guys, you could go out and catch some fish with these lower waters, some of the smaller rivers, if you wanted to. Did you guys have some success this year in that? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, we fish probably 90 95% of our time on shore. You don't need a boat to catch big fish from shore, so. But. Yeah, that's I say that's very true, and we see a lot of people fish below wind dams, and they definitely get big fish. But there's also a variety of darter and microfish there that we spend a lot of time getting the hundred species there, and small small streams and inland waters. And what was your, this is interesting to me, um, just knowing that some of these fish, I was looking through you guys' uh, album here, and I'll I'll let you make a reference here to where they can look at that if they, they want to see it, the pictures and stuff. But uh, favorite fish or the coolest looking fish or, or what you think uh, the hardest one to catch, if you guys could go into some detail, Zach, on that. 
Yeah, for me personally, I would say the one I was surprised by was the pirate perch that I caught myself. Um, I don't think I could have done that again if I tried. And I know for Josh, he's got a western sand darter. It's a very random fish. It's small. Um, I know when we were out waiting and we caught it, we celebrated and everybody's looking at us like, it's a minnow. <laughs> it's a minnow, man. Like, no, it's it's a r- rare fish. Yeah, and then the, uh, some of these spots that I was, was going to ask you about, not going to uh, get to locations because I would assume some are threatened or endangered or special concerned. Awesome. These were released probably. You guys do a lot of catch and release. Yeah. And uh, just a cool little thing that when you guys come in, every time I see you, you guys are smiling. You love fishing. That's what we're here for. That's why I like doing this podcast and uh, and having the store here now that we have the retail store is just fun because I don't get to go fish as much as you guys. So I like to live Th- yes, through you guys, and uh, I'm glad to see you're are still doing that. We've known each other, I think we said four years, but it could be eight, four years probably that you guys have been fishing and getting some lures through us and stuff. So um, I just want to wrap it up, if we could, Josh, with where they can look and where they can go and get these uh, pictures if you guys want to share your story and what you did. This is a pretty big accomplishment. I know today on the fl- fishing float you went out, you were trying for what, Josh? We were trying to get a lake sturgeon, but uh, weren't too successful with that one. But, you know, that's how it is. Yeah, and I just told them before they went out uh, that Jamie had a 60-inch one on the uh, fishing barge yesterday. It's common. Uh, I fish Red Wing, Minnesota a lot. It's a pretty common thing to get this time of the year up there. And what did you use to catch those, or what would you try to catch them with? So, yeah, you would want to use just globs of night crawlers. You can use cut shad. Really, they eat anything that a catfish would. Yeah, that's what it sounded like up there. That's what I've noticed, too. One last thing, and I'll have you uh, put a plug in for where we can look at these fish or where we can and and see, follow you guys and, and on your journey uh, this year. That's awesome. So, yeah, if you want to check us out, yeah, we're on Instagram under uh, 100 Iowa Species Challenge, and we're posting pretty consistently with what we catch. and Two or three posts a week. Right. In the pictures, it will thoroughly explain not only what they are, how to identify them, but... Um, when it was caught, and if you ask us information, we can help you out if you want to target that fish mm-hmm. in particular. Yep. That is awesome. Um, anything else you guys want to add, or you think we're good on that? Just, you know, get out there. A lot of these species, you know, we're right in our home waters, and we didn't even know they were there. And we just set out on this challenge and kind of discovered some new fish, new spots, kind of explored Iowa a little bit. Learned. But, Learned, learned what we lot. were catching too. We were not we were not experts to begin with, but um, we learned a lot as we went through. I learned yeah. probably seventy five percent of the fish that we caught just this year. I've never caught before. Yeah, I would say we're probably of the twenty five that we catch. You guys are avid anglers, so you know the game fish. Would you say? Oh yeah. Um, the eaters, walleyes, mollies, you know, we everything were, like that. We were big into master angler for a while, so that was part of our challenge you know, years ago, and this is a little bit more extreme than that, but... Yeah, I would say it's something cool. I didn't know you guys were doing that. I'm glad you stopped in today, and uh, good fishing to both of you. Hopefully we can get to 101. We've got uh, a couple, month and a half left, so good luck, guys. (laughs) 
next time we talk to you, it will be Black Friday. Thanksgiving will be passed. So, uh, folks, for Bob Urban, I'm Ken Root. He's open seven days a week under the big walleye on the south end of Guttenberg, 6 to 5 on Monday through Saturday and 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Sunday. And it's full of the most interesting stuff, uh, interesting lures. Everything you need is in that store. So, Bob, you've got it packed, and ice fishing season awaits. Thanks, Ken.